Okay, hello, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Professional Pricing Society podcast. My name is Terrence, and we have an amazing and very timely discussion ahead of us today. We'll be discussing the trends and pricing strategies for this holiday shopping season. So we're very excited to hear of what's in store for us. Our guest that will be bringing the good pricing news today is Ms. Sheikha Jane, partner at Simon Kucher. Sheikha Jane is a top-line growth advisor with a client portfolio that spans the B2C world, including fashion and apparel, footwear, beauty, consumer goods, luxury goods, and things of the like. Sheikha works with CXOs to build effective go-to-market strategies and commercial excellence on all revenue growth topics. Now, though her experience ranges across Europe, Asia, and Latin America, over the last decade at Simon Kucher, Sheikha has developed a strong acumen in the North American markets. Also, in addition to helping her clients grow, she also devotes her professional energy to furthering diversity and inclusion in the workplace by studying the role of sustainability to drive future business. Miss Jane, it's a pleasure to have you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Terrence. Thank you so much for having me. And Absolutely. it always sounds better when someone else introduces you. You're like, oh, that's me? That's yeah. me they're talking about? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to have you here with us today. We're going to be talking about something that's very necessary and timely, especially because the holidays are right around the corner. So I want to just go ahead and dive into our conversation. Um, and I first want to ask you, you know, can you tell me anything about the holiday shopping study and what it has exposed about inflation and any other economic trends this year? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the fourth year in a row that Simon Kutcher has run this market research study. And what we do is focus on consumer trends. We ask the consumer, what are their plans for upcoming uh, big promo days? You know, And so big sure. promo days are things like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, which we're all very aware of, but can also include things that happen around the rest of the year, like Amazon Prime Day. And so what we do is we want to explore the impact of major economic trends on shopper behavior, you know, want to understand, especially now, the impact of inflation, uh, the impact of the pandemic, and just in, in general, uh, attitudes towards how consumers will approach the upcoming holiday season. And I think this year, specifically, there are two key factors. One is the end of the pandemic, or at least that's how, you know, people are really glad. Even last year, sure. started to return to normal, but this year definitely feels very much like a pre-pandemic type of year. Mm. And then something we just cannot escape these days is in inflation. And, you know, in, in some cases, you know, from a consumer mindset, they're thinking about inflation, but from a business mindset, there's also this question about a looming recession. And I think maybe to add to that part about the pandemic, um, it's the way consumers are going to shop. It's, a, it's almost a throwback to 2019. Uh, 90% of shoppers are saying that they're going to participate in Black Friday or Cyber Monday. And this wasn't the case uh, in last year either. It was something like 75% participation in the last couple of years during the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the other factors that we talked about, inflation, you know, inflation has been a topic since May 2021, believe it or not. But so it's been in the news cycle and how do I know this? I you know I did a quick Google keyword search on inflation and found mm -hmm. that it started to peak in 2021. 
So we've had about 18 months of this topic and it's just, it's, it's really picked up steam in 2022 and it's definitely affecting consumer purchasing power. You see it every day, right? We see it in our gas prices. We see it in our food prices. We just see it in simple things like, well, maybe not so simple anymore, but eating out, getting a coffee. Mm. I mean, my coffee this morning was $10, believe wow. it or not. It's just, it's, you know, yeah, it's a bit of a special drink, but I, in the that's a, for me, almost a 30%, 40% increase in the price I pay. And if you do this every day, yeah, it's going to hurt everyone's, you know, pockets. Sure. sure. Yeah. And I think so. So inflation coming back to how it's going to affect the holiday shopping, uh, planned spending will decrease. Right. So most people and more people will spend less than $200 on promotions this holiday season than they did in prior years. And of course, you know, all macroeconomic topics affect income groups differently. So lower income groups, sadly, will significantly decrease their spending because they're hurting the most right now. And then the highest income groups will actually also increase their spending. So what this tells you is that when, when you see it, for, you know, you scratch your head and like, okay, but why would they spend more? Even higher income groups, because they're going to spend more during a deeply discounted holiday, tells you that they themselves are also feeling the pinch. Mm. Maybe not the top 1%, mm-hmm. but, you know, if we talk about upper middle, they're also saying things like, okay, I don't know if I want to pay, pay full price anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Inflation made a, made a great point. Inflation, you know, has really been a topic within the past couple of years. And it's really affecting the consumers. But let me ask you this. How, how can retailers best respond to these type of trends that's kind of currently going on within the pricing realm? Yeah. And I think that this is um, a, this is sort of the $100 million, billion dollar question, depending on how big sure. of a retailer you are. Because, because we'll, we should talk about this at some point. There's also this increased inventory glut. Uh, um, at retailers, right? So a lot of them have excess inventory either on shelves or in warehouses. And so they're they're asking themselves, how do I get rid of this? And we'll talk about that in a, you know, a little bit for mm-hmm. sure. But right now, if they look towards the holiday shopping season, they don't necessarily need to rely on deep discounts because of the following reasons. One, consumers don't expect it as much, right? They're planning to return to shopping on these days like at pre-pandemic levels. You don't need to entice them so much with an incredibly deep discount mm-hmm. in order to get them to buy. They still may buy less, right? They're still not going to spend as much, but they don't need that deep discount. And I think we talked about how inflation affects different income levels. And so they can build promotions with less premium items so you can and i think this is what it is you can go deeper uh with sort of your opening price point items and uh entice those that are looking for a deal there's a lot of folks out there that are deal loyal but then use that to create a clear upsell path to premium products for high income spenders that aren't necessarily expecting a bigger discount right or have more disposable income so there's this bifurcation and i think what tends to happen at retail is that companies approach promotions and these big promo days 
-hmm. with a one size fits all approach. The more they can get to a one size fits one, you know, through personalized promotions or at least like multiple groups, they can cluster sort of or segment their shoppers. That's the way for them to actually serve everybody without serving nobody, you know? Mm. That's a good point. Okay. That's interesting. Now, speaking of, you know, the shoppers during the season, in your opinion, what do you foresee between online or in-person shopping? What's affected more? And, you know, who does that maybe more cater towards? Terrence, let me ask you, what's your personal preference? Do you like to do online? Do you like to shop in store? A bit of both? I'm a bit of both. I am primarily an online shopper. Um, mm -hmm. But that has developed, you know, within the past recent years, considering the pandemic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of folks that during the pandemic, we just had to shift towards online and e-com and that was totally fine. But I think now with the 2022 feeling more like 2019, mm. it's a mix of online and in person. So most people are like you, a bit of both. And um, I think they serve different purposes. So mm. yes, brick and mortar, you know, there's a browsing component, there's a touch and feel component, there's a, especially in apparel and footwear, it's tried on, try before you buy component. Um, and then I think for e-com, obviously, it's a lot of just the comfort of your own home, shop anywhere, shop anytime um, type of mentality. But because of this, of this omni-channel approach that uh, consumers expect, I think retailers need to start to invest in their strategies mm. around omni-channel. And you'd still be surprised. You know, we think, okay, well, most retailers should have it down by now. Sure. There's a huge digital transformation in Mar starting March 2020 that in order to make it to, to today, you probably had to have some kind of digital components or at least integrate your on online and in-person. But you'd still be surprised that many of them have systems and you know they have a separate e-com system they have a separate in-store system and those don't really talk to each other mm. and so because we've seen this bounce back of in-person shopping you know if you really want to serve your consumer and your customer you have to think about how you build around them if you want to give a consumer-centric consumer-first experience that means that you have to integrate when people buy online and in person through things like loyalty through things like personalized promotions mm -hmm. and you know many of them are this year during black friday are going to visit a retail establishment they're going to be standing in line right they're going to want to participate in doorbusters and so but that doesn't mean that online's gone away you know so mm -hmm. again i think there's a lot that we can we can talk about here, sure. but um, ultimately it's making sure that even your marketing is cohesive, your backend systems are talking to each other, you have a loyalty program that can integrate, um, you have a consistent pricing and promotion experience that's both online and e-com. Sure, sure. Okay, good. Now, when you, when you think about essentially making it easy for the consumer, you know, and you, you briefly mentioned the omni-channel, um, you know, and promotions, you mentioned also about promotions as well. My next question would be kind of this, you know, what promotions are shoppers 
actually expecting the biggest discounts from. You know, when mm -hmm. you think about uh, this holiday season, you know, you you briefly touched about, you know, the certain things like Black Friday, um, Cyber Monday, Amazon Day. So if you could kind of touch on that a little bit, where should we be expecting the biggest discounts from? Yeah, I think relative to all the other promotion days that we talked about, so Amazon Prime Day, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, you even have, you know, things like Memorial Day kind of marks the mm -hmm. start of summer. And then you have Labor Day that kind of marks the start of um, fall and the end mm -hmm. of summer and back to school and everything. So when we look at all of those different days and stack them one against each other, um, shoppers expect the deepest discounts from Black Friday. That is still mm -hmm. the number one shopping day in America, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's when retailers should be offering their best deals. Actually, that's an interesting question. Sometimes we say that, yes, you should be offering the best deal, but you should take a differentiated approach because at the same time, it's one of those chicken and egg things, right? Where mm -hmm. I'm, as a consumer, I'm going to shop on that day because I expect the best deals. And from a retailer, like consumers are going to shop anyway. Do we need to offer the best deals? So mm, it's a bit sure. of a balancing act. But yes, you, I think more or less, you know, you don't want to train consumers any other way. You want it to be a fulfilling experience for them. So definitely um, make Black Friday your sort of cornerstone big promo day. Mm, and then perfect. last year, this is very interesting. Of course, it has to do with the pandemic. Amazon Prime Day overtook cyber monday as the second best promotional day of the year really so in 2021 in 2020 cyber monday was the second most important you know holiday or sorry shopping day online shopping day yeah online shopping day and then uh it was amazon prime day in 2021 and then this year as well so wow. there's this whole you know the the reign of amazon continues and just the 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 force that they are just continues to to play out mm -hmm. wow that's a very interesting stat there there's a lot of amazon shoppers out there in the world myself included uh you mentioned black friday just as a whole is very important why is black friday you know like in general just important to a company's bottom line it kind of seems like every company needs, needs to pay attention to black friday and how they market to their consumers yeah, I think because Black Friday is tied to such a huge holiday in the mm -hmm. U.S., you know, obviously it's tied to Thanksgiving. It's been tradition for many, many decades at this point. Mm -hmm. And so the reason it's important is because, first of all, there's a subset of companies, some, not all, a subset of companies that actually depend on Black Friday or a specific, you know, um, the holiday season or quarter four to make mm -hmm. all their numbers, right? Not a gr great analogy right now, but let's think about spirit Halloween, right? We sure. were all just coming off of Halloween and um, they basically depend on October to do all of their annual sales, right? Mm -hmm. And so similarly, there are some companies out there that depend on the holidays. Obviously, if you sell any kind of seasonal items like Christmas trees or whatever, yes, you're going to depend on this. But because it's tied to a holiday, because there's so much communication leading up to Black Friday, you know, typically we, as soon as um, Halloween's done, Christmas decorations are up, people are in the mood, they know Black Friday is going to be their big shopping day. Mm. And so it drums up excitement earlier 
mm. and more tangibly than if it didn't exist. You know, all the other holidays, there's no, there's nothing like, um, it's a bit less emotional in some cases. This is probably the one that is the most emotional in some sense. Mm. And so, you know, companies need to be able to generate buzz for their new holiday products. Mm-hmm. And a lot of consumer manufacturers are making big bets. They're trying to think about what's going to be the the product that's going to fly off the shelves. And I want to make sure I don't have a lemon on the shelf, right? Sure, sure. So they really need to lean into this promotional communication. They need to make sure that they're using a lot of marketing to be in front of consumers that are looking for deals to drive these sales. And, you know, so there's there's different companies have different objectives for black friday mm-hmm. and for a lot of them yes it how black friday per- performs compared to their expectations can kind of set the stage mm. right can kind of talk because it also will get reported on in um their next annual report right if most of them are on a calendar year in january they're gonna have to report on how they performed Sure. And four can be a big part of that. So and at that point, it's important for them to be able to say, yes, we beat expectations. Or if they didn't beat their Q4 sales, then yeah, they're going to have to kind of defend that to shareholders. Why or why not? Okay, good. Good. Now, as it pertains, not just to Black Friday, but Cyber Monday, Amazon Day, um, you know, just pr- preparing for Christmas as well. I can let you know now I'm going to be out there shopping. Mm-hmm. But but who is who is more so the the I guess demographic or the group of people who will be shopping this holiday season? So pretty much everyone, Terry. Sure. So make sure that you are warm wherever you are, mm-hmm. um, and that you you know I, I I wish that there wish for you that there aren't crowds too many crowds and you get whatever you want in your basket and on your Christmas wish list and sure. all that gets fulfilled. But 90% of consumers are going to participate, you know, so this is good news for a lot of companies. And I think what's even more compelling um, is that there's a higher planned engagement from Gen Z, right? Mm. So we're talking about a very young generation. They have only now just started to uh, get into the workforce for a few years they probably didn't really experience Black Friday as an adult with a disposable income. Sure. You know, in person, um, potentially. And so now they have the ability to. And so they have this intention of participating in Black Friday, Prime Day, Cyber Monday, and the highest intention compared to all of the other groups. So Mm -hmm. millennials and baby boomers and Gen X. Mm -hmm. And there's some interesting areas where they will actually outspend other generations. So things that offer experiences and increase social status and recognition. Hmm. So a lot of um, luxury makes sense, right? They're still lower in, they still don't have disposable income. They're still building their wealth. And so they are trying to get the best deals. Mm-hmm. So Black Friday is a great day to do that. So they're going to look for social status items and luxury to get recognition. But they're also going to spend on experiences. And that's a trend we've seen for many decades now, right? There's a shift away from goods to experiences. Mm-hmm. 
and memories and all of that and services. And so that's where they're going to spend. So they'll spend on travel and leisure items, mm -hmm. you know, entertainment and so on. Mm -hmm. And so I think what there's an implication that, you know, we talked about how retailers already have such a hard time with creating an omni-channel experience. They also have a hard time in catering appropriately to different generations or different target segments that might shop at their stores or on their websites. And so they really need to start focusing on creating lifestyle branding, lifestyle marketing tactics, thinking about how if they sell pure products, how they attach a service to it, how they can create an experience for them. Because now we have to start to understand that if we want to build long-term loyalty, we want to develop a relationship with Gen Z, you have to start now, right? You have to start having a plan in place. And I recall, you know, I'm an older millennial, but I recall when millennials were a thing and a lot of companies were talking about them, even though that they'd been in the workforce for a good, you know, seven to 10 years. Sure. And at that point, you're saying, well, you, yes, but you kind of missed the boat a little bit. So now's the time to really beef up your consumer insights, your consumer marketing, your personalized approach to target Gen Z better. Okay, Gen Z, the one to look out for. Mm -hmm. But that's a great point you mentioned about experiences over products and goods. And if you have a product or a good, you know, try to create an experience around that. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I have a handful of friends and family members who value their experiences over goods, you know, and that's, that's a great point you mentioned. Um, are there any other trends we should expect this holiday season or be on the lookout for? Yeah, Terrence, and that's what I was referencing to um, about the inventory glut that we're mm -hmm. seeing. Mm -hmm. And I think here's what happened. Here's the sort of chain of events from my perception is that we had a supply chain crisis because of the pandemic. And as a result, what a lot of retailers and vertically integrated retailers did is try to hedge some of that supply chain crisis by buying a lot more very simply they just bought more they increased their orders and they were a bit optimistic with their demand forecasting they didn't anticipate inflation to be such a huge problem maybe you know they didn't anticipate fears of recession they didn't anticipate a lot of other things and so they were just looking more from a you know back-end operations how can we get products on shelves mm -hmm. but then i think they overcorrected so now there's an unprecedented excess amount of inventory across all consumer goods and retail companies. And this is not just affecting us, an isolated group. It's affecting almost everybody mm -hmm. from manufacturers, you know, even think about your big, big names like Coke and Kellogg's and, you know, ABC, sure. all of them, all the way to distributors, all the way to retailers. And so essentially what this means is there's a lot of product on shelf. There's a lot of product in warehouses. And this has um, a negative impact on your bottom line. This has a negative impact on your margins because then you're basically trying to um, manage your cash flows and your working capital and you're not being able to you know, put those dollars to work. Mm -hmm. So 
one of the things that is going to be critical for retailers to have success this upcoming holiday shopping season is to make sure that they're using their promotions the right way mm -hmm. to relieve some of this pressure. Now, having worked with a bunch of retail companies, I do know that their promotion plans are more or less locked in, but okay. they still have ability, right, to change things like discount depth. They still have ability to, on their website, think about how they might want to, you know, personalize different promotions or target people differently. And I think that it now is the time to make sure you don't have that one size fits all, right? Mm -hmm. You're differentiating by channel, you're differentiating by segment, you're differentiating by your product types mm -hmm. and, and your entire assortment and portfolio of goods. And I think not tailoring to recent trends can actually lead to even further long-term margin dilution, mm. right? So it's making sure this is, there's actually an opportunity here to also do sort of internal ops, backend ops, logistics, supply chain transformation. A lot of companies did supply chain transformation, but I don't think they connected it as well as they could have to demand forecasting, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of, again, a lot of these systems don't talk to each other, right? They're doing it from an internal perspective, from a bubble perspective, but are they taking into account macro factors? Mm. And so, you know, in this, in, in this environment, um, obviously thinking about how you promote is going to be critical. And because a lot of people are participating in Black Friday, you don't have to go very deep in discounts like we talked about. Moderate sure. discounts do go a long way. Yeah. And there's also additional initiatives. So obviously there's a whole, there's pricing optimization, right? Because prices can help you figure out how to forecast demand a little bit better. And also to help you um, make sure you're catering based on willingness to pay. There's elements of dynamic pricing. This is something that we see with airline tickets mm. and hotels all the time, right? It's dynamic pricing is used very regularly in these industries. And in fact, in Europe, because they have digital displays at retailers, they're also able to use an element of dynamic pricing versus in the US because we have um, still paper stickers and mm. tags and that takes a lot of time to replace. That's why it's a little bit harder to do um, dynamic pricing in the US. But I think we'll slowly start to see retailers adopt European practices here. Mm. Um, with that personalized promotions, dynamic promotions can also play a big role. Mm -hmm. Thinking about your assortment mix and your portfolio strategy Mm -hmm. Right. Do we have products that play a specific role in our assortment? You're always, you know, if you go to a grocery store, you know, your bananas and your milk, right? Your eggs, these are your staples. You know, the price of these goods, mm -hmm. but do you know the price of, let's say, extra virgin olive oil? Probably not. Right. Sure. Or you have a rough rate, rough price in mind, but I don't think you would get it down to the dollars and cents. Sure. And so understanding the roles that different products play and then you use that for your pricing, you use that to drive price image, you use that to drive basket. Uh, and especially in the light of inflation being such a huge challenge these days, thinking about your private label strategy, mm -hmm. right? So what do I mean by that? This is your store brands. These are the, the items that are um, manufactured by someone, but you put your own, let's say Kirkland brand on it, like Costco does. Sure, sure, yeah. 
And so for a lot of retailers, they have their own private label strategy. And it's important to think about that because consumers overall, not just in this holiday shopping season, but beyond are likely to become more cost conscious and price sensitive. So let's make sure we have products to cater to them. So there's a lot, right? There's always retail as a landscape. Oh my goodness. I've been doing this for over 10 years is yeah. always evolving, mm. you know, and it's evolving very fast because consumers are at the center of this and everybody is a consumer. Mm. And so we are the ones that shape the trends that retailers need to follow. And we're, we're living in such a, in a fast paced, constantly, you know, evolving um environment that I think retailers just need to get more nimble and agile in how they approach everything. I think they don't want to get too unencumbered and unnecessary processes. Mm-hmm. And to round it out, I think a lot of, you know, Wall Street is going to be watching this holiday shopping season. There's For a lot sure. of expectations around this. And consumers are also going to be watching just because they're dealing with a lot right now. So I think it's going to be an interesting time. I can't wait to see how it all pans out. Very, very interesting time indeed. Shika Jane, I want to thank you so much for joining us on this on this amazing and very insightful podcast today. Um, if you wouldn't mind, do you have anywhere where listeners can tune into any of your resources or learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I work at Simon Kutcher and Partners. We are the leading uh, thought provider and consulting firm when it comes to top line topics and growth topics like pricing, sales, marketing, mm-hmm. transformations, anything related to driving revenue and improving profits as a result of it. So if you visit, visit our website, um, www.simon-kutcher.com, you will get a ton of material and resources. And if you reach out to me, maybe. Uh, If you're interested, I'm happy to share any reports and studies that we're doing around holiday shopping. We also do a lot of consumer-focused insights on topics like sustainability, on topics like, and also um, coming soon, the business outlook for 2023. So stay tuned. There's just a, a lot of great content on the horizon and also already on all of our digital assets that you can access. All right, Shika Jane, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again to the Professional Pricing Society podcast. Until next time, we'll see you then. Have a good one.